sin and shame in love you came and gave amazing grace thank you for this love and thank you for the nail pierced hands washed me in your cleansing flow now all I know, your forgiveness and embrace, worthy is the Lamb, seated on the throne, crown you now with you reign victorious and high and lifted up Jesus Son of God the treasure of heaven switch it up this evening. We're uh, glad to be here in uh, our first youth-led service. So uh, we're just thankful to be here this evening. We're going to put him to the test this evening. Let's uh, sing that song, He Brought Me Out of the Miry Clay. My heart was distressed neath Jehovah's dread frown and low in the pit where my sins dragged me down. I cried to the Lord from the deep miry clay who tenderly brought me out to golden day and he brought me out of the miry clay he set my feet on the rock to stand he puts a song in my soul today a song of praise Placed me upon the strong rock by his side. My steps were established, and here I'll abide. No danger of falling while here I remain, but standing by his grace until the crown I gain. And he brought me out of the miry clay. Set my feet on the rock to stay, and he puts a song in my soul today a song of praise. Hallelujah! He gave me a song, twas a new song of praise. 
By day and by night, its sweet notes I will raise. My heart's overflowing, I'm happy and free. I'll praise my Redeemer who has rescued me. And He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. It's a song in my soul today, a song of praise, hallelujah. I'll sing of His wonderful mercy to me. I'll praise Him till all men His goodness shall see. I'll sing of salvation at home and abroad till many shall hear the truth and trust in God. Oh, He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today, a song of praise, hallelujah. Now He brought me out of the miry clay. And He set my feet on the rock to stay. And He puts a song in my soul today, a song of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's uh, put up that song, Give Me Oil in My Lamp. We'll keep it in the same key of C. So give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Just give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Oh, give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Just keep me burning till the break of day. Just sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King. Oh, give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. And give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, keep me burning till the break of day. Oh, now sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King. Oh, now just sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King. Amen. We'll go ahead and change the order of our service again here. We'll go ahead and... uh, take our needs to the Lord. Um, as we, before we do that, let's just sing that song, Jesus, Draw Me Close. Oh, Jesus, draw me close. 
closer, Lord, to you. And let the world around me fade away. Oh, Jesus, draw me Lord, to you, for I desire to worship and obey. Amen. We'll go ahead and take our knees before the Lord. If you would just continue to play that softly, you may have your seats. And if I could, um, after I finish reading these prayer requests, go ahead and have Brother Jeremy come up and pray over them at this time. And uh, we also have a couple specials, so I'll have them uh, go ahead and start getting ready as well. Uh, We just want to remember Sister Karen Buchanan, my aunt. Just continue to remember her. She's still at the rehab center, so we just want to uh, remember her. Uh, Just remember uh, my mom and dad. uh, They are at home sick this evening. Uh, fighting the virus that's going around, you know, so we just want to remember them. Uh, just uh, continue to remember uh, Brother Joe uh, up in West Virginia. We just want to remember him, as well as the Whitlock family who is not able to be with us this evening. Uh, we just want to continue to remember Sister Laura Harwell uh, and her recovery from her surgery, and uh, also Brother Johnny Reynolds uh, with his surgery as well. Uh, We just want to remember Sister Ellen Parks, uh, not able to be with us, so we just want to remember her. And also my grandmother as well, Sister Shirley Buchanan, if you would just remember her, she's not feeling well. Uh, We also uh, have here, just uh, to remember the weekend meetings that are coming up, uh, the youth meetings that are happening, so just remember that. And I know uh, there's many who are not on this list, uh, but are traveling or just can't be with us. And uh, we all have unspoken prayer requests every day. Uh, So just by the lifting of your hand, the Lord knows that need. If you would just stand with me at this time, and Brother Jeremy, if you would come. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful, Lord, to be in your house once again this evening. Lord, as the the song we just sang draws closer to you, Lord. That's why we're here, Lord. Father, we take these requests that have been read. Lord, you know each request that was behind the uplifted hand. Lord, you know our hearts. And we give them to you, Lord. Many, Lord, that are recovering, and we we thank you, Lord, for the good reports that we've had so far. We thank you for doctors and medicine, Lord, but you are our healer. Whatever way that you would bring that, Lord, we trust you. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would take the rest of this service, Lord, may be in your hands. Use each one that's in your service this evening, Lord. May you be lifted up, Lord. Father, we invite your presence as we worship you, Lord, and just lift your name up. 
We pray, Lord, as the minister brings the word of life this evening, Lord. May our hearts be fallow ground, ready to receive what you have for us. Guide his thoughts, Lord. Take him off his notes if he needs to, Lord. We just pray that he would be clay in your hands, Lord. Speak to us, Lord, and help us to be attentive, to listen. We love you, Lord, and we commit all these needs in this evening into your hands and ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may have your seats. And uh, we have a couple specials. I'll go ahead and have them come up. Uh, first, we'll have Brother Lincoln. Go ahead and come on up. And after him, we're going to have Sister Lorian sing a special just right after. So.
running after, it's running after me. You're down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. is running after it's running after me with my life laid down I surrender now I give you everything your goodness is running after it's running after me and all my life you have been faithful So, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God I will sing of the goodness of God I will sing Disturb us, Lord, when we have gone peace with ourselves, having no need for anyone else. When all of our dreams have come true, for they were too frail and poor. Disturb us, Lord, when all of the things we possess. Cause us to call on you less When we arrive safely Because we sail too close to shore Consume our hearts To venture upon wilder seas Two storms where your hand can be seen. Oh, Captain, in courage and faith, may we be set apart. Consume our hearts. We ask you to push back the lights, horizons of our own design. 
Till losing all sight of the land We shall look to the stars Further up and further in We leave our shores And I've wondered time and time again Just what's in store But this world is full of men value comfort more disturb us Lord and lead us in when we have lost all of our thirst for waters of life and rebirth having fallen in love with this world and its chaos and sin Lord lead us in. With visions of earth we are filled in our efforts to war and rebuild. We've allowed all our visions of heaven to cool and grow dim. would just stand with me and deacons if you would come forward at this time we'll take up our tithes and offering if you would play um, pleasing Noah if you would just pray for us Let's just sing this as Brother Barry comes this evening.
Heavenly Father, as the musicians play tonight, and Lord, we just allow the presence of God just to wash over us tonight. Father, may you just calm our anxious hearts and settle us, Lord, to the place where we can receive your word. Many times, Lord, our minds are going back and forth like a ping-pong ball. Lord, so many things maybe that are still pressing from today's business and things, Lord, we need to remember for tomorrow. But Lord, tonight we just want to sit at your feet just for a moment's time. And Lord, have you pass by and speak to us. Lord, deposit something in our hearts that we can we can use, Lord, that we can remember, and we can be inspired by. Have your way, Lord, we pray. We commit this time of fellowship now into your hands and ask that you would breathe upon the word and anoint it. Father, your your great name may be glorified among us. We thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. We thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness of sins. Father, may you heal the sick, touch those that need your touch tonight. And we'll give you thanks and praise in Jesus' lovely name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. While you're standing tonight, let's take your Bibles. Let's go to Matthew chapter 19. Thank you, musicians. We appreciate our musicians tonight and uh, doing a tremendous job. Real blessing, real presence. When I came into the back there, I wanted to listen in, and uh, we're just thankful for them tonight and taking a part in the service. Uh, Matthew chapter 19, we're going to be using this chapter tonight. And I'd like to read just a little portion to get us going here. Matthew 19, verse 16. And behold, one came. And said unto him, Good master, what things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. May God add his blessing. You may be seated tonight. Three quick things. I went to see Sister Karen Buchanan. Now, Sister Haley, I think I'm... Uh, I don't sound any good here, so I, I, I feel like I'm not projecting. <clears throat> I went to see Sister Karen Buchanan today, and uh, she is doing much better. She's still uh, undergoing physical therapy and uh, gaining strength and so forth, but uh, overall she's doing better. We had a nice visit uh, in the home there, and I, was, I, I had thought it was farther away. It was not. It's just a couple of minutes, 10 minutes probably past. Uh, Hickory on Interstate 40, uh, very easy to get to. So I know she'd love to hear from you. She has her phone, so uh, if you want to send her a text or a call or uh, send her some flowers, uh, it's pretty sparse uh, in her environment there, so I know she would appreciate that. She really misses everybody, and she'd love to be back here. This weekend, is, even though it's been mentioned already in the service tonight, is not a youth service. It is a service. It is a it is an everyone on deck service. It is for one and all. Okay, so uh, it's not it's not relegated to youth. We've invited uh, we've invited uh, folks from other assemblies and so forth, young people if they want to come. Uh, but it is a service for all of us. Everyone will benefit from being here this this weekend. You're going to see and hear things you ordinarily don't see and hear in church, uh, and it's going to be a blessing because it's going to be dealing with. Uh, some of the things that the culture throws at us, the way the culture influences our family, uh, family life, the way that 
Uh, our minds are affected by all the things that go on. And uh, I will tell you, it's an edifying, uh, an edifying service for uh, anyone uh, who will be there. So whether you have kids or not, hey, let me, let me not do that. It's for everyone, all right? The entire church, Saturday night 6, Sunday at 11, Sunday at 4. We're going to have a snack after each one of the two evening services, okay? So that will be, uh, that will be this weekend, starting at Saturday at 6, okay? Everybody got it? Say amen. All right, now, uh, the other thing I need to mention is that we are rapidly coming to a full house on the marriage uh, couple's banquet, February 18th. So if you have not signed up and you're just kicking the can down the road, grab the can, sign up, and uh, be a part of it because we, uh, we have just a few. Uh, as a matter of fact, by my count, we've got a table left. So enough for a table left. So... That means if you have not signed up, we would encourage you to sign up. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful crowd. It's going to be uh, a wonderful evening, I'm sure, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. Now, uh, I appreciate our young people being a part of things tonight and uh, helping with the music and our deacons and so forth. I saw Noah going around with the iPad today and, or tonight here looking at all the, you know, the parking lot and scanning things. I had to uh, show my ID before I got in the back of the church back there, but I got in and uh, appreciate that uh, very much and uh, uh, for them uh, participating and uh, using. All, I'm, all I want to do is really give them an opportunity to use their gifts and talents uh, to be able to you know, take a a bigger part in the service. Now, uh, I'm going to ask for the young people that are here, if you're sitting in the back, come on up to the front. Um, now's the time to do it before we get into the word part here. Come on up to the front. If you're able to sit still, if you're not able to sit still without your parents being on you, don't come up, okay, because you'll only have to go down. So if you're old enough, come on up uh, if you want to sit up here in the first couple of rows. That'll be all right. Now's the time to do it. God bless you, Theo. God bless you, my brother. And anyone else? Sister Catherine had a birthday this last week. She was not here on Sunday. We did not mention her publicly, but she had a birthday. How old were you, Sister Catherine? Nine years old. All right, great, guys. Come on, grab your Bibles. Come on up here. All right. Let's take a look in the Word. Now, what I want to do is just a little uh, lap back to last Wednesday night, and then we want to to, uh, progress here on some of the uh, some of the uh, material that I wanted to cover tonight, all right? And I'm going to be uh, doing, doing a little bit of participation here with our young people tonight. And so this is going to be a little bit different. Now, <clears throat> just as a little bit of a review, Brother Branham tells us in the adoption series, and he, uh, he, he places this in a very, uh, very important point here at this point in his ministry. But he said, now for a few minutes to find out Let's take a few minutes here to find out positionally what we are in Christ. Positionally what we are in Christ. There's a lot of ways that we could talk about this position, where we are in the timeline. Are we at the beginning, middle, or end? And he wants us to know that we are part of that end-time bride. So therefore, it's time to go. Better get ready. It's time to go like the first exodus. They had unique things to do in that final moment of the first exodus. They had to... Uh, you know, prepare their homes, they had to prepare how they dressed, they had to prepare food. Uh, there was a, a lot of things that were unique to the going out, the exodus uh, of, the, uh, of, the, of the first uh, of the Israelites going out of Egypt. 
So that's one way we could say positionally. Then the other, uh, the other way we could say in God's economy or in God's family, what are we? Well, we find out, uh, according to the teaching of the scripture and the message, that we are members of the bride of Christ. Isn't that right? We're no longer just church. We're bride. We, we have a designation that's given to us, and that's our position. I mean, the bride in a household is a very important person, right? She has a unique role. She has a job and a privilege and an access like nobody else. Happy birthday. We also find that, you know, positionally, uh, where we are in relation to the enemy, the, you know, uh, uh, in, in terms of battle. I mean, if you're in a battle scenario, knowing your position is really important, right? If you're supposed to be a gunner and you're on the front line holding a rifle, uh, you know, you're supposed to be firing the tank, uh, tank weapons, and you're on the front line with a, with a, with a pistol, uh, you're out of position. You're still in the right army. You've got the right uniform on, but you're in the wrong position, right? So you're, you're going to have less impact if you're not in the right position. If you're supposed to be shooting a tank, uh, you're going to have more of an impact if you're in your position. And so we could talk a lot about the different ways uh, that position matters. And I think if the church now can find out what they are and how to enter and what to do after they enter, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with this entry thing here a little bit later as we go on. Uh, not tonight. But why he said it'll be a glorious thing when we learn these things, don't you think so? So all of these things matter because we, we need to know where we are, who we are, where, how we're supposed to get in, uh, what position we're, we're supposed to be stationed at. All of those things are, we're going to learn here as this teaching unfolds. Now, Brother Manham says in The Unwelcome Christ, he said, now, this book has been written in such a way that you've hid it from scholars wise and prudent. So here's a prayer that he's praying in 1955. So notice what Brother Branham's saying. There are things the church needs to know, but guess what? God's hidden them. Are you okay? I'm going backwards. He says there are things now, and I think we can find out what they are. See the second sentence there? And I think if the church can find out what they are, how to enter and so on, it'll be a glorious thing. But guess what? It's all hidden. The book has been written in such a way that you've hid it from scholars, wise and prudent, and you would reveal it to babes such as would learn. And now we're willing to learn tonight. That's why we're here expecting uh, the great teacher to come and teach us tonight the things that we should know. So this is, this is the, uh, the actual fact that things are not just laying there for anybody to know. The people who are predestinated to adoption get to know the things that are hidden. Right? The people who are predestinated to be in this school of adoption, they are, they are ordained to know the things that the rest of the world will never know. I mean, that's a great thing. And then he says, and sanctify our hearts tonight, move back all doubts and fears, and may the great Holy Spirit just come right down and speak to our hearts. Each one of us save the sinner to backslide or bring him home, and we pray you'll heal the sick, get glory out of the service, for we ask it in Jesus' name. So Paul begins his uh, epistle to the Ephesians, and Brother Branham said these people were in the AP class of the early church. Uh, They were advanced, and so uh, he said, God has predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. This This is the doing of the Holy Spirit himself, which is the half that is on earth. Remember, God tore Jesus Christ in half and gave half down to the earth in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and Sawyer's got the other half. Right? Where? Oh, he's a deacon tonight, so he's on the back down there. So he's got, he's got one half, the other half, 
remained as representation in heaven. All right? And Brother Brandon described that as a physical representation. In other words, it was a blood sacrifice that atoned for our sins through the ages. And the other half came down to inhabit or indwell the believing church. Are we okay? So this is what God predestinated you to. And this is the, the working of the Holy Spirit. Now, I read this uh, last, last Wednesday night, first off, that Bible teaching is usually a little treacherous, like walking out on thin ice. Now, i got to tell you this, just as a, a little illustration. Uh, when we grew up in, in Newfoundland, we lived uh, in a, a hockey culture. In other words, we played hockey 11 and a half months of the year uh, because it was freezing. And the other half we played on the road, right? Like old brother Sam over here. And uh, we, we uh, mom was always concerned about us falling through the ice. So she would, uh, at the first time, the pond froze over. And we had a pond right next to our house. We could put our skates on in the kitchen and walk out of the house and go down and skate. It was that close. Mom never liked it when we wore our skates in the kitchen. But we wore them nonetheless. The cat never liked it when we wore our skates in the kitchen. I'll tell you what, she never liked it at all. But anyway, we'd go down, the first, first freezing, we'd go down, and we'd have to take an axe, and we, a big old axe, and we would cut a hole in the ice, about square like this. And it was to measure the thickness of the ice. We'd have to reach in and pick up that piece of ice out of the water, and walk up the hill to mom, and stand outside the kitchen window, and she gave us the thumbs up or the thumbs down. It's too thin, or, or it's not thick enough. Or it's, too, it's not thick enough, or it is, it is thick enough. With mothers, mostly it was not thick enough, so that's why I said. No, it had to be thick enough or not thick enough. That's what we wait for outside the window. We were holding this big, heavy, wet piece of ice, and we had our skates on, and, and we were holding it up, waiting for Mom to, you know, hurry up. And so she would give us a thumbs up. We'd go back down and, and play. And it was always treacherous, and treacherous is a good word, because if you're playing hockey on thin ice, uh, you know, it was, it was a dangerous thing because somebody would go in and, bang, you know, bang. They'd be down. We'd either have to get them or put our sticks down and fish them out or whatever else. One time my brother went through. Uh, it was too thin. He went after the puck, and it went through, and he sunk in the mud at the bottom of the pond. And it was only up to about his chest up here. So we yanked him out with hockey sticks, and he stood up on the, on the ground. But it was freezing, so he froze stiff. I mean, that's where you literally get frozen stiff. And he's standing like this. He couldn't, he couldn't skate or do anything. He was frozen stiff. But we told him, don't go up to the house to get changed, because if mom sees you, we're all going to have to go to the house, because she said you fell in. And so therefore, just wait. So he waited, and we just kind of pushed him along like this. He couldn't do it, so we pushed him, and uh, he, he played the rest, about an hour he lasted, and so on. It is a treacherous thing, because if you go under when the ice is there, it holds up the game, and, you know, somebody's got to find this person. So, what, notice what he says. Now, it, but we feel, we feel at this time, it might be a good thing to bring to the church, watch his language now, this is what's important here, watch his language, a complete understanding positionally of what we are in Christ Jesus. A complete understanding. That's a, that's a wonderful thing. If we're going to have not a partial understanding, because that's what they had through the ages, right? We look through a glass darkly. We understand partially. Hey, listen, most of the church ages believed in the Trinity, right? Most of the church ages did not know really what happened in the Garden of Eden. And, and so they had a partial understanding. It didn't make them any less bride, 
But they had a partial understanding because that's all they could see. And the, the glass was darkened, so they really couldn't see. And so uh, Brother Branham's saying now, uh, I feel at this time it might be good to bring the church to a complete understand positionally of what we are in Christ Jesus. And he said preaching's wonderful, but uh, he said this, uh, or evangelism, he said it's wonderful, but teaching goes beyond that. Preaching catches a sinner, brings them under condemnation, but teaching places a man. Now, here's where Brother Brandon, or, sorry, here's where the, uh, Brother Brandon makes this statement here. And I love how definitive he is, how sure he is. Because when you make a statement like this, based on the scripture, you have to be right or you're really wrong. And there's nothing in between here. There's no, there's no Brother Branham is sort of right. Hey, your commitment is based on things like this. You, you're going to have to, you're gonna, in your heart, you've got to search out and, and agree one way or another or disagree and say, yeah, I believe this is true. And if you believe this is true, what he's saying is that all of these other little things like jumping up and down like a kid and trying to talk in tongues, all those things, when that which is perfect. Now, not that there's anything wrong with that, but we've come out of that. We moved, ascended from that up the, up the bride tree. We've come up from that. Not that that's sinful, but he's saying now we've come up to the place where that which is perfect, dot, dot, dot. And we do have today, by God's help, the perfect interpretation of the word with divine vindication. Now, like I say, that's, that's pretty impressive. And he says, we have a complete understanding positionally of what we are in Christ because we have the perfect interpretation of the word with divine vindication. I mean, he's, he's just laying it right on the table there. That's, that's exactly where we are. Stay with me. And he said, he tore the body of Jesus apart, taking the spirit, lifted up uh, to the right hand, as I mentioned last week. And the very life that was in Christ is in you. And that shows he's your redeemer. He's adopted you unto God. And now we are sons and daughters of the living God. Seven things that adoption should teach us here. And we went over these last night. We're still dealing really with the introduction uh, part of this here, uh, but we want to. We have been on Sundays and, uh, dealing with this subject of faith here, and I hope that's been a help to you on, on last, uh, since the beginning of the year. It's just like we started off on a higher uh, note here, and I'm just excited about. Uh, I'm excited about coming to church. I'm not just saying that because I preach most of these sermons, but uh, I, I'm excited about what God is showing us. And all, let me tell you what I'm doing. I'm only showing you what He's showing me. That's all I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm listening, I'm learning, I'm trying to be still, uh, as good as I can do that. But I'm, I'm listening, and I'm just telling you what I hear. That's all I'm doing. Now, in adoption, Brother Branham said, now, this is where the believer comes. This is, this is the journey thing. And he says, we come in, we're a sinner, we have a recognition that we're a sinner. And he said, we're se- separated from God uh, because of that sin. But we come in uh, through the waters and the washing of the water by the word, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, justified. And it thrusts us, it puts us into the journey. All right? When you're in the journey, um, you have to have somebody guide you along the way. When you're in a journey... Uh, it's not a guess. Like God did not send Abraham out and say, Abraham, all right, now leave your country and your kindred and uh, good luck. Hope you make it. He didn't do that. He led Abraham. And sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Isn't that right? And so there's a, a leadership that goes with this journey. God puts you in a journey, and then he, become, then he becomes a sojourner and a pilgrim. And he's on his journey to a promise that God has made. 
Now, the journey, as I mentioned, is not only God interested in making you uh, get you through to your destination, but he also wants to fully fulfill the specific purpose that he has for you in this life. I have a purpose in life. You have a purpose in life. It matters not whether you're young or old. The purpose is still the same. God doesn't change his mind. So he doesn't have a new thought as you get older. He doesn't change his thought about you the more sensible you get. Uh, he's, got a, he's got a way. He knows what's in you. I, I've said it before many times. And let me, if you don't mind, just stay with me as I say this. That, you know, we can, uh, I guess, you know, if you want an example, here's uh, Samuel showing up at David's, uh, in Jesse's house, right? Samuel shows up. At, at Jesse's house, he says, bring me your sons. And he looks at the sons and he says, wow, the first one is, is older, taller, handsome, suave. He's got a kingly look about him. He must be the next king. And he goes to anoint him. The Holy Spirit, God rebukes him right there and says, you're looking at the outward part. Samuel says, well, is there any more? Yeah, there's one more. He's out in the field. Bring him in. It's David. Nobody thought David was a king. Samuel didn't. Jesse didn't, the brothers didn't, David didn't. Nobody knew that David was a king. But God knew what was in David because he had a purpose for him. And then God told Samuel, that's the one, he anoints him to be the next king. Now I like to say it this way. If you hold an apple in your hand, a Fuji apple in your hand, you can count the seeds that are in that apple. But only God can count the apples in one of those seeds. Got it? You can count the seeds when you cut open an apple. But only God can look at a seed and count the apples that come from it. So when God looks at you and God looks at these young folks up here on the front row and God looks at them, he sees something in them that they're going to be. Remember, he doesn't have the barrier that blocks his view from eternity. We do. We don't know what Theo's going to be. We don't know what he's going to be tomorrow, right? But God does not have the sheet that blocks his view of the forever. And so therefore, he can know what tomorrow holds. He can know what's going to take place. He has all of that already worked out. And so God's interest is to get you up that, up that uh, journey uh, along the way. And Brother Brandon prays this way in 1958. Oh, how God wants to bless the church. And how often would he have hovered you as a hen does her brood, but you would not. You listen to men teachers instead of God's teacher the Holy Ghost, who would teach you. Listen now, listen to what it says. You listened, and he's speaking to the church here. You listened to the men teachers instead of God's teachers, the Holy Ghost, who would teach you, and this is what the Holy Spirit would do in your life, he would teach you behavior. Now I'll guarantee you that the behavior, the dress, the conduct, that is taught here, is not taught everywhere. It's different. And it's not because we're trying to be oddballs. It's not because we're trying to make people somehow a cultish thing, like, uh, you know, an Amish thing or something like that. Not at all. We are just trying to follow the Bible the very best we can. Right? We're just trying to follow God's Word, His direction. And He said, you listen to men teachers instead of God's teacher, the Holy Ghost, who would make you uh, teach you behavior, make you behave yourself nice, make you to be ladylike, make you to be the salt of the earth. 
God wants to make you the kind of a person that when you pass by somebody, they recognize there's something different about you. And you know what? Uh, they'll come to you and say, are you a Christian? What church do you go to? Or, uh, you know, uh, like I told you before, I was in Barnes & Noble a little while ago. And uh, these people, these two uh, young men, the young woman, they came by and they said, uh, what church do you go to? And I told them, HBT. What kind of church is that? Come and see. That's what I told The salt creates a thirst, and men will thirst to be like you if you really live the Christian life. And you can't do it in yourself. You've got to have Christ in you to do it. Amen. Say this after me. You can't do it in yourself. You've got to have Christ. Christ in you in order to do it. Brother Branham said, now the mind, watch this. If you can't do it yourself... Here's assurance of that. The mind will direct you. It's very incapable of bringing you to God. The mind will direct you, naturally speaking. But it's very incapable of bringing you to God. You cannot know God by your mind, intellectually. It's one of the channels that leads to it. But your soul is what governs you. Wow. If, you, if, if your mind is consecrated and dedicated to God entirely, you're, you, can be, you can be led to God, but your mind itself, un, under your own power, your own thinking, your own intellectual ability, it, it, it's not because you're really smart and you've got to figure it out that you finally get to God. He said, but you are what you are by your soul. Hey, I'm glad I didn't have to depend on my mind to get to God. I don't, I'm glad I don't have to depend on my mind to get me to the marriage supper of the Lamb. God puts something in me that knows the way. God puts something in me that's I already got the map already built into it. I got the chip inside that's got everything programmed to get me from here to there. It's not from here. It's from here. It's Christ in me. Are we Okay. Jesus said to the Pharisees, why, you hypocrites, how can you speak good things when they was calling uh, him good master? He, they said, out of the abundance of the heart, the, the speak of the lips. And your soul is thinking one thing, and you're speaking another thing. What a deceitful thing it is, a hypocrite. For out of your mind, they say one thing, and their soul says another thing. How do we know that they were doing that? Because their actions told what, uh, what they were actually thinking on the inside, Right? If, if they were thinking right, if their heart was right, their mind was right, everything was in a place. When, when, they, when they were standing there and Jesus said, come follow me, they'd drop everything like they dropped their fishing nets. The other disciples dropped their nets and just walked off and left and, and went to Jesus and followed him all the way. And, and if they would continue to follow him uh, all the days of their life if they really had the right kind of uh, their mind operating, focused on God. But, but they were not. Their hearts were, their hearts were turned. Now, add to that this, that in the last day, perilous times shall come. All right, so your mind is not going to get you there. The society you live in is not going to get you there, right? The media is sure not going to point you the way. Your peers, your friends, your your education is not going to get you there. Your wealth is not going to get you there. And besides that, you got all kinds of spirits that are loosed in the last day that bring out the worst in everybody. 
Hey, let me tell you, you've got to have something that overrides all of that. You've got to have something that overcomes all of that. And thank God we've been predestinated to be overcomers, not just neutralizers, but overcomers in the last day. And I believe we have what it takes to be able to overcome everything the age throws at us and make it to where God wants us to be. Do you believe that? All right, so that's what the Bible says. So here's Brother Branham now, and he says, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but across the nation, I've condemned women, he said, wearing short hair. That's Bible. I've condemned women wearing shorts and makeup. And every year, it gets worse. It shows that there's another finger somewhere pointing them some other way. It's got to be. And that influence is pretty strong. Like I said on Sunday night when I was talking about the, uh, the Christian family and, you know, kids leaving and getting married and so forth. Hey, everything that they, their homes, especially believers' homes, that's the familiar place that they've grown up in. They've been there 18, 19, 20, 20, 21 years, 22 years. They've lived in that normal setting. They lived in that good atmosphere all of those years. They've had good things given to them. Uh, they've, been, they've been nurtured for that period of time. But hey, all of a sudden there comes along something that is stronger than the familiar and, and draws them out of that home and be willing to risk it, to make the step to, to join themselves to some boy or some girl and begin their own family. That's a pretty powerful thing, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a force, and God, put, God allows that force to, to work in the lives of a young person because uh, he said from the very beginning, therefore shall a young man leave and cleave unto his own wife, and they shall become one. And God puts that in somebody to say, now's the time, that's the person, I got to go, I can't stay. Uh, I'll tell you what, there's nothing, nothing anyone can do to hold on to him in that, in that familiar, good environment. It's what they've known, it's what they've... They've, they've, uh, it's the only home that they've known for all those years, in the, for the most part. And yet it's strong enough to draw them out of that familiar setting. Let me tell you, there are forces that work in our lives. But Brother Bam's telling us here, there are negative forces that work in your life too. Because as good as you try to be, there are influences there where Brother Branham said, I come, I'm a prophet. He doesn't say this, but I'm a prophet. I'm bringing you the truth. I'm bringing to you the absolutely perfect interpretation of the word that has been hidden through the ages and is now revealed. And I come back and everything is worse when I come back. You know what? We got a problem. Houston, we have a problem. So in other words, there's another force. There's another something working here that's turning you and drawing you in another direction here. And he said they're not getting through to Christ. That's the problem. Somebody say amen. They're not getting through to Christ. And they say, well, we belong to a church. Does it make any difference what your church believes? God said it's wrong. And if they did, if they did get it through Christ, they'd stop it. Oh, but I go to church. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Because what it comes back to is what the Word of God says. Right? I mean, that's really basic, but that's true. And if they did get through to Christ, they would have the Word in the right position. And they'd be in the right position. Or they'd realize we're not in the right position and God's word tells me to adjust and I'm going to strive to get in the right position. Hey, listen, all of us don't grow up knowing everything and getting it all right. But if, we're, if, we're, if we go far enough with Christ and we become a real new creature in Christ and the word of God's over here and I'm over here and I say, whoa, I go to church and I hear the preacher talking about where I should be. A real believer wants to do this. He wants to line up with this. 
if, if you're not really tied to Christ and you don't have the respect of that as an absolute, you know what you're going to say? I'm doing okay. I'm pretty close. It's all good. You're content with where you are. I don't know about you, but I'm very discontent about where I am. I want to be in the right place. I want to be in the right body. And I ain't there. Lord, help me to line up. Help you to line up. Help every family here represented to line up. And help everyone who doesn't know to know. Help everyone who doesn't see to see. Because one day when everybody's lined up and in the right position, you know what? We're gone. Glory to God. And they say, Brother Bram said, we belong to a church. doesn't make any difference. It's wrong. And if they get to Christ, they'd stop that. And not only that, but men would take their position uh, if he got through to Christ and be against that. He'd be against that in his own household. He'd be against it with wisdom. He'd be against it with gentleness, right? He'd be against it the right way. Husbands wouldn't let their wives act that way. And genuine men don't want their wives acting like that. All right, so the point is that we want to do things the Father's way. Here we go, back to Matthew 19. <clears throat> if you have your Bible, take a look at it here. You're going to have to look at it in your Bible with me. Now, you remember the first part, and we talked a little bit about this last week at the end of the service, and I, I didn't really get enough time to elaborate. But they come to Jesus, the Pharisees do, and they say, Hey, isn't it, law, isn't it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? You know what? That's what we believe. That's what we do. And we do this because our wives are driving us crazy or we see a fault in them or, man, they're not, they're not encouraging me, they're not promoting me spiritually, getting ahead and all the rest of it. Whatever the reasoning is, it is a common thing for them to have just about any, any excuse to divorce their wife. So Jesus brings it back and shows them God's perspective. Yeah, but listen, guys, that's not the Father's way. Now, what's adoption about? Let's stop for a minute. What's adoption about? Learning the Father's way, right? Doing it like the Father would do. And the Father, that's why we have the Holy Spirit, because he's teaching us the Father's way. So when they say this, that we can divorce our wife for every cause, um, you know what Jesus said? Now, have you not read that... He which made them at the beginning made them male and female, and for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and so forth. And he brings them right back to the book of Genesis, right back to the beginning. In case you've never heard, there's a book called Genesis, and right in the first, second chapter, here's what it says. Hello? This is, what he, this is what he's doing, because you know what? You need to learn the Father's way, because this, this is what the teacher is going to be doing from here on out. When I come back, I'm going to guide you into all truth. I'm going to be the Holy Spirit that guides you into all truth. And the truth is the Father's way. So we're going to go into this season of adoption. Are you following me? So graphically, let's look at it this way. This is God's perspective. The legalist perspective says, oh, no, we got a loophole. We, we, Moses said we, we can divorce our wives anytime. But you know what? Jesus' thrust is that the right way is to learn the Father's way. So guys, guys, stay with me. Stay, it's what he's saying. Stay with me. You've got to forsake your way. Oh, no, 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 no. No, we can show you where Moses said. No, no, listen, guys. Uh, he only put that there for the hardness of your heart. He didn't put that there because you were a shining example of the law. 
<laughs> oh, no, 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 no. He only put that there because you guys are uh, stiff-necked and you're interpreting things the way you want it and you've got it all figured out. You know what? You're all wrong and I'm here to tell you you're all wrong. And I, By the way, I can even tell you what's in your heart and you're thinking about me saying that you're all wrong. How many would like to go a little further? All I'm doing is paraphrasing the conversation. How many? So they, these guys, they're not, they're not happy with the outcome of this conversation here because Jesus is trying to say, the way is the Father's way or you're going the wrong way. And so Jesus begins to tell them, everyone cannot receive this because everybody's not predestinated to adoption. Everybody's not predestinated to learn the Father's way the way the adopted children learn the Father's way. We learn the Father's way in a classroom of one. And the Holy Spirit teaches us, or the Holy Spirit deals with us individually to get us to where we need to be so that we know the Father's way. Right? How God deals with me is probably different than how God deals with Brother Aaron or Brother Sean over here or, or Joe. Or, uh, uh, we're all at different ages. We're all at different stages. We all need correction and instruction in different areas. We all need sensitivity in different areas, right? We all need growing up. We need correcting. We need instruction in righteousness in, in different ways, at, no matter what season we are in life. And Jesus said, everyone's not going to get this. And when he uses the example of the eunuchs here, He's describing that eunuchs are uh, sourced from different places and they have different roles. They have different things to do in the kingdom. So when you remember when Esther was put in seclusion for a, about a year, about 12 months, she was guarded by eunuchs because this whole thing was about making sure that she was not going to bring forth the seed of any other man in that time of seclusion. Eunuchs were the ones who were put as guards over the bride. And so, uh, and the potential brides. And so Jesus is saying that, hey, listen, there are different purposes, there are different reasons here, and everyone cannot receive this saying. And I know that. He's saying, I know that. But this is what I'm here to do. At this stage in a human body, I'm here to die for sins. But when I come back, I'm going to come back and be that teacher that shows you the Father's way. And that's ultimately what adoption's all about. Now, then they bring children to him, and, uh, you know, the, um, uh, the blessing, Jesus blesses them and so forth. And as we, uh, as we look on down through the chapter here, and we find that uh, they come to him again. And in verse, as we read in our text, verse 16, there came one and said unto him, Good master, what good thing that I shall I do that I may have eternal life? Now, let me catch up here. The young man saith, Jesus said, you follow the commandments. And the young man saith unto him, and I'm in verse 20 here, all these things have I kept from my youth, but what do I lack? In other words, what, what is inferior here? What, what is inferior about me? What do I lack in order to be perfect? Now, it's really interesting that this person here recognizes that Jesus, what, whatever Jesus has, is excellent. He, he's, he's, he knows that. There's, there's no situation that Jesus backs off from. There's no devil that Jesus backs off from. There's no funeral Jesus attends. Every funeral he went, he broke it up. 
right? He only attended three, and all three of them he raised the, the guest, uh, the guest uh, of honor at the funeral. I don't mean that sar- sarcastically, but Jesus had a power that was so more excellent. It was so far above the ordinary power. And people who came to him and asked him questions like this, this young man was not being insincere. He knew that compared to you, this is excellent. I lack something. I, I got to settle this question. I got a lot of money. I got barns. I got a business. I, I've been he- probably inherited things from my good parents here. And, and here I am dealing with this question of what happens when I die. And I look at you and I realize that you have something so far above what I have. What am I lacking that could make me as excellent as where you are? That's, that's kind of the paraphrase of the question. And Jesus said unto him, if thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast. Because this is what this young man is trying to attain to. He realizes Jesus is here. He's down here. He doesn't have the Holy Spirit, but he's got enough sense to know we're not on the same level. So if you want to come up to this level, if you want to come up to this place that we're going to call perfect, he says, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me. But he was, he was uh, struggling with that. He, he heard that, and he was struggling. He went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. So he had to surrender a lot. He had to give away a lot in order to follow Jesus, right? He had to, he had to give away Uh, what he figured was a lot. Now I need your help. You young people, I need your help. This is where you're allowed to speak up, all right, on a Wednesday night. The rich young ruler here is faced with this situation. He's asking the right person the right question and gets the right answer. Let's put over here what he would gain. If he did what Jesus told him, what would he gain? If he stays in his own mindset where he was sorrowful, what would he lose? Let's answer. If he follows Jesus, what's he going to lose? Tell me. What's he going to lose? Based on the reading of Scripture, what's he going to lose if he follows Christ? Right, his money, right? He's going he's gonna to lose this. There doesn't seem to be anything else based on what Jesus told him, but he's going he's gonna to have to give away what he has uh, in, and then come follow me. So he's going to kind of pack an empty U-Haul, <laughs> if you like. He's got an empty truck. And he's going to follow Jesus. Now, let me ask you, what does he gain if he follows Christ? Or let me ask you, what do you gain by following Christ? Tell me what you gain by following Christ. What? Oh, yeah. Good. Keep it, keep it coming. Keep it coming. What else do you gain? Blessings. What else? Protection. What else? Peace? Sure, we have peace, don't we? We have the Prince of Peace. What else? Love. What else? What? What did you say? We got eternal life right here. 
Good. What else? Anybody? What? Guidance. Guidance. Leadership. Can we put leadership? Okay. Who said joy? Joy. What else? Healing. My goodness. Where would we be without healing? Okay, what else? Come on, what else? What, are, what else do you have by serving Christ? Forgiveness. forgiveness. We got forgiveness, right? Did we get forgiveness? No, we didn't get forgiveness. Forgiveness of sins. You know what? If you have no forgiveness, you have no communion with God. What else do we say over here? What else? Somebody said something over here. What else? Wisdom. Wisdom. We can ask God for wisdom anytime, can we? What else? Have we, we gain the kingdom, don't we? We gain the kingdom. My goodness, if you, if you have the sun, you have everything, right? What else? Peace. Have we got peace here? We got peace here. What else? What did someone say? Oh, Isaac, what did you say? Protection. Sure, we have protection. Let's write this right here. What else? What? Come on, folks. What else do you gain by following Christ? What are the benefits? Friendship. Friendship with Jesus. Friends. What else? Salvation. (laughs) Yeah, hello. Thank you, Jeremy. Salvation. Yeah. What else? Come on. What else do you get? What? What? What do you call that? Give me a word that I can write down here. No, you're doing multiple words. Give me a word. Who we cast our cares upon? Savior. We have a Savior, right? And that's, that goes with uh, salvation. We have a Savior. We have a high priest, right? All of that. What else do we have? What, Madeline? A father. A father. What else? What did you say? The Bible. We have God's word. We have, I mean, where would you be, Anthony, without the word? We have an absolute, right? We know what the Father requires because he told it and put it in a book. All right, what else do we have? Oh, one at a time. What? Baptism of the Holy Ghost. Okay. What else? What? Justification. Hello. I'll put that right next to justification. What else? Oh, we have an understanding that is true. What else? We have new life in Christ. That's good, uh, Lincolnton. Because we have eternal life, but we also have new life, right? What else? What? We're, we have sanctification, right? We have the cleansing that only the Holy Spirit brings. What else? Aha. Good one. We have a new body. What else? We have an eternal house, right? In the heavens. What else do we have? We have family. We have family. We are family. Okay, what else do we have? 
<laughs> Sorry, Solf didn't mean to throw you off there. What else? Come on. What else do you have in serving Christ? What? Grace. Hello down there. Grace. From the spiritual corner. Joy. Oh, yeah. I mean, where would you be without grace? Where would you be without forgiveness? Where would you be without eternal life, right? All of those things. What else? Come on. Revelation. I was waiting for somebody to give me revelation of revelation. Okay, what else? I'm not playing here. I'm, I, I mean, this is real, right? This is a thing. Kindness, the, the nature of Christ. Okay, we could say that because all, all the, you know, kindness, joy, and all the other things here. So we could say his nature, right? So not the nature of my father and mother, but oh, Peace. Don't we have peace on here? We have peace on here somewhere? Yeah, it's on there somewhere. Trust me. Trust. What else? I'm not wasting time. What? A prophet for the last day. Right? In, 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 gaining, in gaining Christ, we get all that he sends. Right? So we, we've had the prophets through the ages. Right? So, very good, Sister Connie. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. What else? Well, oh, hello. Man, you're, you're right on the money tonight. The rapture. What else? What? What? I love you, buddy. Yeah, you have a, you have a church, right? You have, you have a pastor, what? Faith. Faith is not there, is it? I mean, faith is how the stature starts. What else? Oh, this is good. What, Matt? Adoption. We have adoption, right? Through Christ. All right, keep going. Redemption. I think we have redemption here, don't we? We're, well, we don't. Redemption. We have beliefs, yeah, we have that. We have, we have good words for that. Anthony, what else? Confidence. We have confidence in Christ, and we're supposed to not cast that away, right? We're supposed to hang on to that. We got fellowship in here somewhere. We got his spirit in here. Comfort, we got comfort in here. Love. Hey, you can never have too much love, all right? Joy, okay, we got joy. Joy, 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 joy in the Holy Ghost, like that? Okay, all right. What else? What? Praise, yeah. We have the, we have the ability and we have the reason to praise. We have a reason to praise him, right? And it gives, because of all these other things here, we can praise him, right? What? We have his presence. Don't we have his presence written here? Sister Shirley, that's a good one. Let's write this in here. Presence. We have forgiveness. That's a good one. We have forgiveness. What else? Anybody else? We have his word. Isaac, good. He's stuck in the Old Testament here, David. Uh, we, have, we have his word. All right, is that good enough? Okay. What else? 
compassion, right? God gives us the heart of, uh, the heart of Christ so we can have uh, the word of reconciliation is given unto us. So we have compassion, right? I mean, you, nobody has compassion like members of the body of Christ. Okay, what else? Anybody else? What? Long-suffering. We, we receive uh, the ability to, to, to uh, suffer long with somebody. Long-suffering. What else? What? Union with Christ. Communion. Yeah. I was looking for communion here. And uh, that's right, Sister Doris. Good to have you tonight. We got a prophet, right? We got the prophets down here. Sister Connie got that. What else? Fulfillment. Fulfillment. Uh, Personal fulfillment, right? And fulfillment of what we need for the journey. Is that what you're referring to? Okay. Uh, let's, Let's put that down because we have a sense of fulfillment in our lives when we come to the end of the road and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You fulfilled your purpose in life. That's a great thing to hear. Strength. Strength. Hello, everyone. Right. We have we have that, and I have that in uh, new body, uh, like eternal life, all of that. So we, you're right. New heavens and new earth, all of that goes in the package. I'm, uh, one or two more. Who's anybody else? What? Humility. Humility. Yeah, we have humility. So let's put that here. One more. What? A friend. You're right. We have, we have, what a friend we have in Jesus. Let me ask you a question now. Which would you rather have? Is it worth it to hang on to the money? All right, let me let me ask it again. <clears throat> Just roll that back there, Josh. Roll that back. Is it worth it to be on this side? I mean, he's he's making an evaluation, right? He's on the dividing line. He's making an evaluation, and he says, "What'll I gain? What'll I lose? I'm going to lose the money." So he goes this way. Would you go that way? No, now because you know you got guys like Anthony and all these all these smart guys up here in the front row, and girls on the front row here, and we're looking at uh, now we know what we gain by living in Christ, right? These are these are attributes of the Father. There are promises in the Bible. There are prophecies for our time. Uh, there there are parts of the nature of Christ. All of those things come. You never knew they were all in the package when you came to Christ. You never knew that that was all what what was going to happen to you. You never knew that all of this would work itself out and come in the new heavens and new earth. You never knew that. But look at the look at what He's giving up by accepting that. Look at what He's forfeiting. It makes sense to me that, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let this go. If you don't mind, I'm going to let that go. I'll take this. Because you know what? Even if I don't have this in this life and I have this, I've got everything. I don't have a worry in the world because he said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Isn't that right? So he's not, he's not worried about whether you're going to go hungry. This, he's looking at things naturally and your mind is not capable of leading you like the Holy Spirit can. 
Not only does the Holy Spirit lead you, but the Holy Spirit develops in you the character and the nature of Christ that he wants to see in you because he can look at your seed and count the apples that come out of it. He's looking at, he's cutting open the apple and counting the seeds and say, I've got to hang on to them. Riches then become a trap. They can become dangerous. It doesn't mean that rich people are not going to go into heaven. It doesn't mean it at all. But there are three traps that are associated uh, with wealth. And we'll talk about those probably next week here because we're not done. But all I want to do, young people especially, to see is that, and you know what? Uh, I know some of you have taken pictures of this. This would be a great t-shirt. This would be a great shot for us to have in our, in our church as a part of who we are because this is, what we, this is what we gain in serving Christ. This is what we live for is all of these things here. Not that we live for him for a reward, but, but they come in the package. They come in the seeds that God sees in your life. They come in the nature of Christ that's in you that the Holy Spirit brings out through the process of adoption. He's not worried about whether you got enough money. He's not worried about uh, whether you're, uh, you know, in the upper echelon of society. He's not worried about that. He just wants you to surrender because he's after obedience, not wealth. He's not. A, he's after obedience, not bigger tithes. He's not. He's not after that. He's not after the biggest honchos in town in your church. He's after obedience. And when uh, when I Jesus said, "Hey, listen, I know that you have need of all of these things, but." I'll tell you what, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Wow. Musicians, let's come. Wow. We ought to keep this. We ought to keep that as a, a reminder that, you know what? It's worth serving God. Do it the Father's way. Look what comes. Do it your way and look what comes. Let's stand to our feet. Let's do it the Father's way. My goodness, let's do it the Father's way. What are you playing? You want to try that? All right, let's sing it. Let's sing it tonight. Let's worship him tonight for just a little bit. Aren't you glad you came to church? I'll tell you what. It's, it's just amazing what, what, what his intent is in adoption to bring us all of these things. Amazing. Oh, let's sing it now tonight. Just for a little bit. You are here working in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. For you are a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You 
Before my heart. 
to get down here and if we have work and things like that you still get us in here and allow us to worship you Lord thank you for everything you've given us yes Lord thank you for your forgiveness thank you for just everything Lord thank in you Jesus, Jesus Christ name we pray amen, amen. and amen you know what? I would have to say that I think our first service run by the youth has been a success. And I believe it's been blessed. He is able, more than able. Same key, D. Sing this as you go tonight. May God bless you. We'll see you on Saturday night. Everybody on Saturday night. Let's say it together. Saturday night. He is able, more than able. To accomplish what concerns me today, I know He's able, more than able, handle anything that comes my way. 